Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Choices are great. Like with your podcasts, you get to choose what you want to listen to. And State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. That's why the State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you get the coverage you want at an affordable price and a policy that helps cover what you value most. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com today to create your State Farm Personal Price Plan. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, iHeartRadio, Spotify, <laughs> TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Double Twist, Amazon Music. Yeah, I know, it's probably too many. Thank you always for downloading and listening to the show. Greatly appreciated all the time. We're going to keep up with the postseason, and that's what we're here to do. We're also going to talk a little bit of Minnesota Vikings at the beginning, because anytime there's any type of news or discussion with the Vikings, that'll be the first segment, because this is a Vikings show, Vikings podcast. Then we'll get uh, hard and heavy into the postseason. That'll be the second segment, obviously the largest. And then, of course, uh, segment number three will be fan interaction. There's a little bit, little bit, but not too much. It's going to be the uh, fun segment to interact with everybody, though, that's willing to talk to me. Without further ado, let's get into the Vikings news or conversation or something like that. <laughs> well, mostly the only major transaction or thing that took place was that uh, Merwin Maloof, Maloof, like the Maloof brothers, the former owners of the Sacramento Kings, are no longer, or he is no longer the uh, special teams coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, which I'm sure a lot of people are probably pleased with that. Also, the Minnesota Vikings opponents coming up are uh, coming up in the 2021 season are now on display. The home games, of course, will be the regular, you know, division rivals, Bears, Packers, Lions, oh my. And then we get to uh, host the Los Angeles Rams, impressive win this weekend. Dallas Cowboys again, we play the Cowboys again. Wow, Steelers, interesting matchup there. We'll see what happens. The Browns, yep, so we get that division this year. The Steelers, the Browns, Seahawks again. Oh my God, at least it's a home game, but we'll see how that goes. Away, Chicago Packers, uh, Chicago Bears, Packers and Lions. Then we visit Arizona, Baltimore Ravens, yikes. The Panthers again, hmm, Teddy Bridgewater. Cincinnati Bengals, hope we don't lose that one. And then the San Francisco 49ers, kind of cool, kind of cool. So with that said, again, nobody's super surprised with the uh, departure of Merwin Maloof. Obviously so many weird situations, so many mistakes situations like that and all that. Uh, so many strange situations. I mean, it was like special teams were a virtual disaster this season, so I don't think anybody's all too surprised. Some people thought maybe he'd be let go during the season, but it's like, no, you know, no, not necessarily the case. It was basically, again, just kind of a disastrous season for special teams. You couldn't get a return. Uh, Dan Bailey was awful. I'm not sure what to say. I mean, the whole situation with kickers, I think it's more Mike Zimmer than anything else. 
I don't know what to say. Or just Vikings cursed, Vikings bad luck, this or that. I mean, what what is the reason? I have no idea. It's just... I don't know what, what's going on with the kickers, but I mean, there was no return game, and of course, lots of weird mistakes. Then I don't know, the fake punt, the lack of... That fake punt that ended up being like a... <laughs> A false start? I mean, how do you manage that? I don't know. I, I don't understand, but Merlin uh, Merwin Malouf, pardon me, I don't know, I should be pronouncing it easier. He's actually Lebanese, and I'm half Lebanese, so that's kind of interesting right there. So that's kind of one sad thing, I guess you could say he's like a distant cousin in a way. Sad about that part, about him getting let go, but it is what it is. I mean, he's kind of in, and he's kind of out, and Mike Briefer, what a successful game yesterday, except, well, they almost blew a huge lead, but they still won. Uh, nice, beautiful start to that game, and and a decent finish, I suppose, for the Cleveland Browns. We'll talk about that in the next segment, but, well, I guess we'll get a new special teams coordinator, and odds are we're going to get a new offensive coordinator as well, because Gary Kubiak's mauling retirement, and is anybody surprised that Gary Kubiak is mauling retirement? I'm not. I was kind of surprised he was going to be the offensive coordinator, even though it's like, okay, yeah, it makes sense. You know, I mean, Kevin Stefanski left and blah, blah, blah. And then you're just sitting and waiting. And, uh, and uh, well, I guess it's Gary Kubiak. <laughs> I guess it's going to be Gary Kubiak. You figure, well, at least he's not the head coach, so it's not as stressful. But it's still fairly stressful to be an offensive coordinator. I mean, it's, you know, you're constantly getting questioned, armchair quarterbacks, all that. It's an endless, endless uh, situation there. So, not sure exactly, <laughs> you know, not sure if he's going to want to come back one way or another, because there's going to be stress one way or another. Very run-oriented, and I know Mike Zimmer likes that, and as long as Mike Zimmer's the head coach, I think that's probably where we're heading, one way or another. Uh, there's conversations about Anthony Lynn. You know, he would be an interesting option. Well, he was a running back for the Denver Broncos, one of those undrafted uh, free agents who, you know, he had some success as a running back, but more or less offensive coordinator, head coach of the Buffalo Bills, and most recently, super recently, head coach of the San Diego Chargers and Los Angeles Chargers. I guess it was mostly L.A., but uh, he was uh, very successful early on with the Chargers, and then the last two years, things didn't work out. Uh, very successful season a few years back, but unfortunately had to go on the road because they didn't win their division, and then ended up losing in the first round. That was a crying shame. They were, what, 12-4, and four, and they got beat in the first round, so unfortunately... Minimal playoff success. Uh, that's just how it goes, though. Sometimes uh, you got to win your division. Unfortunately, you get stuck with a tough team there. We'll see what happens. Uh, there was plans to retire this and that, and we'll get back to that again in the fan interaction segment. So that's the most of the Vikings news right now. Offensive coordinator and special teams coordinator are definitely floating around. Uh, with that said, I mean obviously very important positions, and of course you got two <laughs> defensive. Uh, you got two defense, uh, two defensive coordinators, of course, with Zimmer's son, and of course Andre Patterson was on Dan Barrero every week. Though I'm not sure how much I like Dan Barrero at this moment. At times, <laughs> it drives me crazy with when he gets political. So at the end of the day, that's pretty much it. Obviously, very important positions to be filled, and well, we'll see what happens. Is it going to be Anthony Lynn, somebody else? We'll get deeper and deeper into that conversation as it continues as the rumors continues to kind of unfold this and that continue to kind of unfold uh, Clint Kubiak is an option of course a lot of people think he'll just get that so it'll be just like a same old thing almost like Mike Zimmer's son is one of the defensive coordinators there's two and which is weird and then, and then, and then Gary Kubiak's got to be the offensive coordinator they're all just one big happy family isn't that cute and then uh, after next season, they may all be looking for new jobs. But that's just kind of how that goes as well. With that said, we'll take a quick break and jump right into the postseason. 
we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, which is our feature presentation to talk about the postseason and all that good stuff. We're back for some wild card conversation and, of course, divisional round previews and all that. A couple of questionable coaching decisions by Mike Vrabel and Mike Tom and the Mike and Mike in the afternoon or evening. That show didn't do too well. It got canceled for the season because uh, Mike Vrabel and Mike Tomlin both punted in situations where they probably shouldn't have. Uh, sometimes it's more than more than wise to take a bit of a chance and in this case it wasn't even taking a chance it's a momentum type of situation where you just absolutely kill it where Mike Tomlin was on his own 46 Steelers were rallying this and that and after that it just didn't work out things kind of went back in the Cleveland direction which I'm totally fine with because I don't like the Pittsburgh Steelers all that much Mike Vrabel hey I mean I like Tennessee I respect them and all that I'm happy Baltimore won but I didn't like the attitude of Baltimore very much but I'm sure impressed by their play and I, I'm a, you know, I'm a general, you could say, fan of the team, I guess you could say that. Uh, hell of a, hell of a job. And uh, it's nice to be right about something once in a while. Of course, I was wrong about some predictions, but right about most, because I'm just so smart, right? I'm just so smart. I'm the smartest guy in the room. Okay, I was right about Buffalo, wrong about Pittsburgh, which I'm totally fine with. Baltimore, I was correct. Uh, New Orleans, woohoo, I'm so happy I was right about that. Uh, Tampa Bay, yes, I was right about that, but Washington put in a pretty good effort, I'd have to say. And the Los Angeles Rams were probably the most impressive win of the weekend. You could argue that Cleveland was the most impressive. It was for a little while, but then the fact that they let Pittsburgh back in the game for a bit there, within striking distance at the very least, kind of messed things up a little bit. Let's try to do it in chronological order, if humanly possible. Buffalo Sabres, no, the Buffalo Bills. I took care of business against Indianapolis. Like I was saying before, it's a crying shame for the Indianapolis Colts. So, of course, you know, when your division, 11-5 and five season. I mean, the Dolphins, as good as they were this year, which wasn't great, but good enough, they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, the AFC, much stronger than the NFC. Uh, NFC had an 8-8 eight and eight club that didn't even look like anything close to resembling a playoff team in Chicago in the postseason. Uh, even the sixth seed, you could say, or the fourth seed. Yeah, a fourth seed had a losing record. You know, and so like the NFC was just an absolute bust of a year for the National Football Conference. Oh yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. But uh, this was a hell of a game, actually. Buffalo. I mean, it's like the whole time you're thinking, okay, they're the better team, generally speaking. But Indianapolis put up a hell of a fight throughout the entire game. Uh, Philip Rivers, I thought, very, very solid. He controlled the ball. He didn't turn the ball over. He was good. He was very strong. I mean, you thought he was with the San Diego Chargers again and going to take them to the uh, AFC Championship game like he did years ago. I'm trying to remember who they played. Was it Pittsburgh? Probably. Pittsburgh Steelers, and of course they didn't win, which was a bummer. Or was it actually, I think it was against the Colts. I think this was 2000... Was it 2006? I think it was 2006. I, I could be completely wrong here. It might have been. Because yeah, I know Philip Rivers is pretty young. Then he took them all the way to the AFC title game against the no, the Colts and the Colts and the Patriots for 2006. I'm blanking on that one. It wasn't the Colts. I'm trying to remember who it was. I think it was Pittsburgh, one of those years. And ugh, I would have loved to see the Chargers win that, but they didn't. Unfortunately, looked like it, but uh, unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be. But the Colts again put up a hell of a fight. Very strong defense. This and that. Stephon Diggs had his big moments, 128 yards, a touchdown. Josh Allen, very solid. He controlled the ball very well also. Neither quarterback was disappointing in the game, per se, by any means. Very strong performance. Cole Beasley had a lot of big moments, seven catches, 57 yards. Not big moments, but plays. He made a lot of plays in the game. Stephon Diggs, the 128, you got to like that. Michael Pittman Jr., very solid for the Colts. It was a nice back-and-forth type of game. 
Naheem Hines had, had 75 yards. He had a 33-yard scamper. Remember to mention I'm a huge fan of Naheem Hines. I've mentioned that many, many times. Big, strong performance by him. Awesome job, Josh Allen. It was a really, really good football game. It's just a crying shame that one of these two teams had to be out in the first freaking round because I think the Colts could have made a little bit of a playoff run this year. Uh, especially if they were in the NFC, they might have gotten to the NFC title game. I mean, they could probably beat Tampa. They could probably beat Tampa. They could beat New Orleans, I think. Uh, I think they could. But, well, they're in the wrong conference. It is what it is. Wrong division and all that. And the Buffalo Bills win. Congratulations to Stefan Tiggs. Very happy for him. Just imagine, I mean, Buffalo, it looked like they might have, it looked like they were going to choke this away. And to think, you know, a couple of teams won their first postseason game since since the 94th season. It's just unbelievable. 94th season. It's been a long time since the Buffalo Bills made a playoff run of any type. Uh, yeah, they finally did. Uh, they made the playoffs a few times, but they never would advance. They just couldn't. And like last year, uh, it was just, uh, it was disappointing. And not too long ago, they, when they made a nice, strong defense, they just had no offense whatsoever. But now they have offense, they have defense, they have a little bit of everything. 13-3 and record and all that. It's uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And I, I Am I convinced Buffalo's going to go to the AFC title game? I don't know. It's going to be tough, but they, they certainly can. But uh, very pleased with the Buffalo Bills' effort. They're going to be a very entertaining team to watch. And I think Buffalo versus Baltimore, now that I'm foreshadowing, is going to be about as echo, epic a matchup as you're going to get in the in the divisional round next week. It's going to be really good. This was a great game. I'm glad Buffalo didn't choke it away. I mean, they gave Indianapolis a chance, boy. I mean, Indianapolis had all the chances in the world to come back and win this game. Great fourth quarter by Phillip Rivers and co. 14 points. But Buffalo luckily able to answer enough to hang on barely. 27-24. Very impressive game. Very, very impressive game. Probably the best game of the whole weekend, honestly. In fact, I would venture very much so. Best game of the weekend. Buffalo Bills advance, and of course they will play the weaker uh, seeded team that moves forward. And I think all of you know that already. <laughs> or at least I would hope so. Uh, the next game after that was, I believe it was Seattle and Los Angeles. Yep, and then Tampa, Washington. Yep, you went to had two NFC games. And then yesterday was uh, the NFC game in the middle. That wasn't a, such a good game at all. Los Angeles Rams just showed up to play. What a great, strong defense, and Russell Wilson just wasn't good. Uh, Seattle, a team that a lot of people thought was actually going to go to the Super Bowl. I actually picked them to go to the Super Bowl and lose to the Kansas City Chiefs at the end of the day. I, that's what I thought was going to happen. They'd have a great season, and they started off absolutely fantastic, and then just kind of gradual, gradual, gradual drop-off during the course of the season. And then it's like, wait a minute, John Wolford? Who's this number nine guy, quarterback of the Rams? Because Jared Goff's thumb injury, unable to start in the game. But he ended up being the quarterback anyway because John Wolford had a concussion very early. Scrambling, trying to make a move around a guy. And then it was helmet to helmet, basically. Poor son of a gun. I, I felt bad for him. Um, unfortunate. I mean, he got to start in a playoff game. And he, he, he would have gotten a playoff win that he could tell all of his family members forever. For years to come. His children, his grandchildren. But unfortunately, the poor guy had a concussion. So he'll have to wait another year or so to get that to get that on his build. Hopefully, uh, that's too bad for John Wolford because it was a nice, interesting opportunity. But a lot of people thought, oh boy, the Rams are completely dead now. There's nothing special about Jared Goff at all, though. I mean, I, I think it's kind of obvious. He's pretty mediocre. And that's why not everyone gets excited about number one overall pick quarterbacks because they don't always work out. They don't always become stars. And to me, Goff is not a star. He he might make a couple Pro Bowls in his career. In fact, you know, yeah, he, he'll make a few Pro Bowls here and there. He had an exciting start to his career, but it seems like always 
it ends up uh, dropping off for a lot of these guys, and that's the case here. Cam Akers, what an amazing game for him. It was, you know, the LA Rams, Los Angeles Rams, LA Rams, whatever we used to call them back in the late 80s, early 90s, when they were the original, you know, when they were their original selves, the LA Rams, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, old school, old school football. Lots of uh, lots of running, lots of strong defense, absolutely stifling defense. Uh, Aaron Donald was banged up in the game, unfortunately. He looked like some kind of a rib, maybe? Like, looked like rib injury, that type of situation. Kind of banged up a bit. Akers, though, very strong performance. 131 yards, almost five yards of carry got in the end zone once. Malcolm Brown was adequate, this and that. Chris Carson was actually pretty decent in the game. To be quite honest, they just didn't rush very often. They were trying to rely on Russell Wilson, and he struggled and struggled and struggled and struggled. Quarterback rating of 72.1. That's how good this Los Angeles Rams defense is. So, defense like this could take you, you know, they could take you far. It it, it could take this club to the AFC Championship game or NFC Championship game, maybe even the Super Bowl. Are they going to win the Super Bowl? I highly doubt it. Uh, not, Not unless... Jared Goff explodes and becomes unbelievable, becomes the story of the postseason, and the defense continues to be the story of the postseason as well. It would have to be a combo platter between the two. Uh, if only that, if, if, if only the L.A. offense could really catch fire, they actually could win the Super Bowl. They could. That's how good the defense is. Baltimore and Los Angeles. Woo, wouldn't that be kind of cool? That'd be kind of cool to watch. Uh, L.A. Rams versus the, you know, Kansas City Chiefs, which a lot of people wanted a couple years back. Remember that epic, like, 100-point game a few years ago? And was it, I forget if it was Monday or Sunday. I think it was Sunday Night Football. Epic, 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 epic battle back and forth between the two clubs. Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff, and Goff looked like a future superstar at that stage. And I remember how great that Rams team was against the Vikings. And there was an epic battle that year. John Filippo's offense, much more pass-oriented versus, uh, you know, Sean McVay's Los Angeles Rams when they were epic for lack of a better word, offensively. Very, very fun game. It was a Thursday night game, if I remember correctly. Just beautiful. Oh, those beautiful classic Rams uniforms in that old building. Oh, it was the most beautiful thing I ever saw. It was gorgeous. It was a it was a fun game to watch. It just sucked that we lost in the end. Oh, man. Good memories, though, for me. It just sucks that we lost. Again, lots of good memories, good matchups with Seattle, and we always freaking lose those, too, which is ridiculous. But nice to see Russell Wilson actually struggle. I mean, <laughs> he didn't play that great against us either. Uh, the Vikings defense was actually very strong against Seattle in that game, but we still didn't freaking win. It was just uh, disappointing, man. Very, very disappointing, to say the least. Poor John Wolford. Uh, I mean, that's too bad. That was on that two-yard rush. Just, you know, pardon the uh, noise there. <sighs> oh, feel, you know, you, you feel bad for a guy. Golden opportunity. Maybe they, uh, he would have gotten a playoff win under his belt beating Seattle. Can you imagine that? That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Los Angeles Rams advance, and they will play the Green Bay Slackers. And the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Tampa Bay Schmucks, will get a rematch against the New Orleans Hornets. No, the New Orleans <laughs> Saints, who destroyed them earlier this year. We'll see what happens there. I got a sneaky feeling about that one. But we'll talk about that later. <sighs> nice. It was, a, it was an okay game. Tampa Bay kind of messed around. I think they screwed around way too much. And Washington's defense, obviously very good. Ron Rivera is good at what he does. Leonard Fournette was very, very strong in the game. 132 yards. I mean, this this Tampa offense is legit. Like I was saying, the Los Angeles Rams defense could take them to the Super Bowl, right? The Los Angeles Rams defense could take them to the Super Bowl. 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense could take them to the Super Bowl, along with the good, solid, awesome defensive players they have as well. Some superstars that are aging a bit. They even, you know, they have a bit of everything, obviously. And then Leonard Varnette can be very dangerous at times. Mike Evans is spectacular. Antonio Brown had that early touchdown. Brown with the touchdown. Okay, sorry. Chris Goodwin, sorry for the silliness. Rob Gronkowski only got targeted once in the game. Kind of crazy to imagine that. Ron Rivera's defense is pretty solid, though, and uh, there's a quarterback named Tyler Heineke, Taylor Heineke, who had a pretty good game, if not for the interception, would have probably had a higher quarterback rating, I'm sure, obviously. Um, good game for Taylor Heineke. It seems like he's always hurt, though. God, he's always like, oh, shoot, he's hurt again. Oh, come on, Taylor, hang in there, buddy, hang in there. It'll be okay. It'll be okay, Taylor. Uh, <laughs> but he needs a better backup than Sean freaking Mannion. I'd love to have Taylor Heineke on the Vikings as at least the backup quarterback, the number two guy. Too bad that uh, he's been too, too, too bad that we let him go and we gave up on him and all that. I don't think he's this superstar or anything, but obviously he, he can play the game and he's gritty and blah, 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 all those cliches that we like to, you know, shove down your throats out there. <laughs> That's how that goes. Um, but it was it was fun to watch, fun game to watch. And t- Tom Brady, uh, the arm is still there. The accuracy is still there. That playoff competitiveness will always be there forever and ever and ever and ever. And it is a beautiful thing to watch. Love to see Tom Brady still at it. And he's got so many weapons, which he did not have in New England last year. So it's going to be really interesting to see how far Tampa can go. Entertaining, to say the least. Uh, Well, at least the Buccaneers won't have the Battle of the Bays in the second round. So we just might have the Battle of Bays in the conference final. The the NFC Championship game. We shall see what happens at the end of the day. We shall see indeed what happens at the end of the day. Um, It's going to be very interesting (laughs) at the end of the day what happens. I I, I can't wait. I know I'm kind of stumbling all over myself right now. I'm kind of, I mean, I'm excited thinking about it. I am. I'm quite excited thinking about what could happen. Uh, it's going to be a very entertaining battle back and forth, to say the least. Sorry, distracted looking at some other stuff and seeing plays happen in the background. So many different back and forth things. But it, it was a fun, fun late game. Uh, again, you could kind of tell who was going to win most of the way, but at least they made it somewhat interesting, them being the... Uh, the uh, Washington Redskins. So, we'll see what happens there. Mm. So now we move on into the next day. Pardon me. Where you get the next matchup of, obviously, Pittsburgh-Cleveland was the late one. Baltimore-Tennessee. New Orleans-Chicago. So, yes, Baltimore-Tennessee, a bit of an interesting back and forth as well. Great, great football game. This is just a classic matchup, isn't it? It, it, it always is. I always talk about the old game way back in <laughs> way back in the day. Tennessee versus Baltimore, second to round divisional, and obviously last year was a very interesting game to say the least. The way Tennessee just completely stunned Baltimore after beating the New England Patriots. So fascinating there. I was kinda hoping Tennessee'd get to the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> that would have been kinda cool. Lamar Jackson didn't put up great quarterbacking numbers, even though he completed some nice plays, but of course his, his ability to scamper, his ability to run 136 yards rushing, and he got in the end zone once, this and that. No touchdown passes, but again, he completed some nice plays. Marquise Brown and all that. 109 yards for Marquise Brown at the end of the day. But the story of this one was the Baltimore Ravens defense, where they kind of look like the old Baltimore Ravens again, like Ray Lewis and all of them. 
They kept Derrick Henry to only 40 yards and basically relegated him useless in the first half and virtually useless in the second half as well, even though Tennessee would rally a little bit here and there. Very low-scoring game. Tennessee's defense is obviously very good. Their offense is solid. And, of course, Mike Rabel's an offensive coach, given the position he played as tight end years ago for the New England Patriots. He's the most successful branch of the New England coaching tree. That's for damn sure. It's not even close. Uh, great job, Mike Rabel, the last couple of years since joining Tennessee. Obviously, lots of sacks in this game going both ways, at least for the most part. I guess Baltimore only had one sack, but they stifled and stifled and stifled uh, Henry and all that. Malcolm Butler, the former Patriot, he was obviously a factor. Several sacks on on Jackson, which is hard to believe. Five sacks by the Tennessee defense. Obviously, more of a defensive black and blue style, but Baltimore won the day out. They were the stronger defensive team at the end of the day, so we'll see what happens with that. Very, very interesting, to say the least. Very, very interesting, no doubt about that. So, generally speaking, again, impressive, impressive win by Baltimore. I did get this one correct, believe it or not. I did something right. I thought Baltimore was going to go to the Super Bowl last year. Maybe they will this year. Uh, This is going to be a very interesting matchup moving forward with Baltimore going into next week with the Buffalo Bills. Fascinating, fascinating matchup with those two next week. I'm going to... I'm really looking forward to that one, to be quite honest. Baltimore, Tennessee will continue to move forward here if humanly possible. Then you had Chicago and New Orleans. Holy cow. I mean, just nothing to talk about here. It, it just garbage. Chicago's offense is just dead. I don't know what to say. Uh, I don't know what to say, honestly. Uh, somehow, someway, Mr. Trubisky actually had fairly reasonable stats if you want to get into the statistics and all that. They moved the ball around this and that, but they never got anywhere. They never got anything done. It's just like one one drive after another got stalled. And, of course, the Saints defense is so cocky. Oh, and, yeah, I mean, they all are. The whole team is, like, they're just reek of cockiness. I mean, they have the identity of their coach. There's no question about that. Only one sack officially by Sheldon Rankins. Chicago Bears only got Debris once all as well. Tayshawn Gibson Sr. <laughs> Sr., that's funny, with the sack in there and a pass deflection and all that. They, they just couldn't get a whole lot going, the Chicago team. Uh, keeping <clears throat> keeping the Saints to 21 is fairly impressive, though, considering how dangerous their offense can be and what they did to the Minnesota Vikings a few weeks back. Merry Christmas, Minnesota. That was disgusting. Uh, but only nine points against the Saints. I mean, you think they could muster something. Chicago could get nothing going, nothing. It's a miracle they even had nine points in the game, actually. They did what they could, did Chicago. And at the end of the day, it didn't mean a whole lot. And uh, what's going to happen with Matt Nagy? I don't know. But the offense is just not working in Chicago. Trubisky's better than Nick Foles was earlier in the year and anybody else at the moment. But Trubisky obviously is not a quarterback of the future for anybody, even though he was supposed to be. You know, I mean, what was he taking? Number two overall, and the Bears traded up for him. And finally, a franchise quarterback for Chicago. Let's go. First time since the 30s or something like that, back when they had leather helmets. And no, no, he's not a franchise quarterback. Still the best quarterback for the Bears in, like, somewhat modern recent history is uh, Jim McMahon. You know, and he was just, he was good. And the Bears' defense was legendary. Absolutely legendary. And they had the best running back of all time as well. Or second or third best. Whatever you want to say about sweetness. Walter Sweetness. Whatever happens there, we shall find out. No question about that. Um, it's uh, it's going to be super fascinating to see what happens there at the end of the day. Um, it's really going to be, yeah, it's going to be something. 
Uh, we'll see what happens. Jared Cook. <laughs> yeah, Jared Cook, these guys. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen at the end of the day, but uh, I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Saints team either, even though they had their big moments here and there, and Michael Thomas actually scored his first touchdown of the season, which is kind of crazy because of like injury and all that crazy situation there, but the Saints 21-9. to Again, what more can you say? There isn't a whole lot. Pittsburgh and Cleveland was the most interesting game of the weekend, that's for sure. 28 to nothing Cleveland in the first quarter. It's like, if you just kind of were kind of relaxing, you know, you're kind of late to the game, thinking, yeah, Cleveland's probably going to be down like 14 nothing or something, and it's 28 nothing Cleveland, and it's like, okay, that's pretty freaking cool. <laughs> that's what happens, though. Uh, there was a fumble six. You had that type of moment. And then the, the Browns, just five minutes later, are able to <laughs> complete another uh, solid drive. Landry stumbling into the end zone. Great play there. Kareem Hunt, who will go against his uh, former team, the team that got mad and let him go, obviously, with the uh, off-the-field incident. Kareem Hunt, multiple touchdowns in this game. Uh, absolutely cool for him. couple touchdowns. Didn't have huge numbers, but, of course, got in the end zone twice, so that's good enough. Only eight rushes, two of them touchdowns. <laughs> Pretty cool stuff. Nick Chubb, very solid. Obviously, one of the better fourth-quarter running backs in the NFL. Baker Mayfield, very, very strong game. Didn't turn the ball over, didn't lose it, this and that. Just didn't have the best game of his life. Uh, ben Roethlisberger had a pretty phenomenal statistic. Well, multiple phenomenal statistics. 501 yards. Again, because the Cleveland Browns kept letting them back in the game. Four touchdowns and four interceptions. Absolutely crazy. And, of course, there was the fumble six as well. That did not help the uh, Steelers cause early on. It's just stuff like that. Like, you open up a game with a fumble six, it's like, holy cow, that's pretty wild. But, uh, well, that's how that goes sometimes. <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, Minnesota, we can relate with the uh, 2000 NFC Championship game, and we'll see what happens there. We shall see what happens. Um, we shall see. They're 48-37, to 37, though. Pittsburgh unable to come back and win the game. And, of course, again, a, a momentum-killing uh, moment when Mike Tomlin elected to punt from their own 46 and 4th and 1. They should have kept going for it, but that, that's okay. I'm glad Cleveland won. 11-5 and five season, that can keep moving. Uh, third place, 11-5 and five season, 7th seed. So in a normal year, no, 6th six, six seed, pardon me. In a normal year, Indianapolis would have missed the playoffs. Isn't that just crazy? So Cleveland would have been in, but Indianapolis would have missed. And this would have still been the matchup. Buffalo would have just been waiting for someone else. There would have been no Indianapolis in a normal year. That's how that goes. It's going to be super fascinating at the end of the day. How things go with Cleveland. 48 points, though. They managed to just keep running up the score in that fourth quarter because they had to. They had no choice with Pittsburgh just just absolutely closing in on them, but unable to <laughs> unable to close the deal with Pittsburgh. And you got to see Roethlisberger tearing up on the bench. Interesting. Maybe it's his last game ever. It could very well be, and we'll see what happens at the end of the day. It's going to be, uh, well, I'll just have to wait and see how things go with uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Is he going to retire? Because obviously Pittsburgh was undefeated for so long. They were, they were what, what were they, 11-0, and 0, right? They were 11-0, and 0, and they finished the season 12-4. and 4. You could kind of feel that Pittsburgh was going to lose early. Maybe they'd get past Cleveland and get crushed in the second round by Buffalo or something like that, which would have probably happened. Um, <laughs> probably. They were, uh, but now Pittsburgh's out, so you got a completely different uh, setup in the AFC and the NFC and all that with the LA Rams defeating Seattle. That kind of changes things, obviously. Cleveland and Kansas City, Green Bay, Los Angeles Rams, Baltimore versus Buffalo. And Tampa versus New Orleans. 
So where do we go first? I guess let's just go to the AFC here. Kansas City and Cleveland. Obviously fascinating matchup. Cleveland finally won a playoff game. It's the first time in the history of the new franchise. But of course they, they regained their history from the past. From the old Browns. Because Baltimore is kind of their own entity. And it's been a very good entity since they moved to Baltimore. The Baltimore Ravens. So to take the old Browns. We might have a Brown Bowl in the AFC Championship game. You just might. If somehow, someway, Cleveland can miraculously get past the Kansas City Chiefs. Unfortunately, I kind of doubt it. I wish. God, I wish. I would, I would love to see that. Mayfield had a great season, generally speaking, but Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. It's just the way it is. Travis Kelsey is a devastating tight end. Jarvis Landry, you know, he's nice numbers and everything, but only three touchdowns. Nick Chubb, dangerous running back. What's going to happen there? Obviously, the running game of Cleveland is better. The passing game of Kansas City is better. Kansas City's got a very stingy defense. Cleveland's defense, not so stingy. God. You know, it's a very talented 11-5 and Cleveland team. They could have been 12-4 and easily this year, maybe even 13-3. and If they were a little more consistent and not as crazy and wacky and had you know some terrible games during the course of the season. It's a weird team. But when they're when they're on their game, Cleveland can be absolutely great. I would be thrilled to see Cleveland with a nice big lead in that first quarter. But again, watch out because I don't know if you could sustain Patrick Mahomes, the freight train, or Patrick Mahomes rolling through because that could be a very dangerous situation for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs coming through. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Mm, mm, mm. I don't know, Patrick Mahomes. I think the Chiefs are going to win the game, unfortunately. I'm saying go Browns. I'm cheering for them 100% in this game. But, you know, it's just at the moment, i got to pick the, the Kansas City Chiefs. I just have to, unfortunately, in this game. Have to pick the Chiefs to defeat the Browns. I'm looking for a final score of something. It's going to be high scoring. I mean, I'll, who knows? Maybe it'll go the opposite direction. But i got to think it's going to be very high scoring with the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Cleveland Browns. Something along the likes of, like, 41-37. Something crazy. They're going to score a lot of points, you know, 44-37, 44-38, something weird like that. But it's going to be an upper 30s to mid 40 type of game for each team. And the uh, Kansas City Chiefs beat the Browns in an epic game. But uh, maybe Cleveland only wins up with 28. But Kansas City's probably going to score a lot of points against this club, unfortunately. This one is at 2.05 Central Standard on CBS on Sunday. So actually, this is kind of a later one, later in compared to others, unfortunately. But... Uh, there's no real conversation as to what times these are on all of them. Saturday, Green Bay and Los Angeles Rams. This is probably the opener of the uh, divisional round. Packers versus Rams. Very interesting matchup. Very interesting matchup. Can they do the same thing? Can they? Can them, being the LA Rams, do the same thing to Aaron Rodgers that they did to Russell Wilson? Because, I mean, if you can stymie Russell Wilson the way they did, it's pretty impressive. Uh Rodgers can get beat, obviously, but he's been an MVP this year. He's been absolutely spectacular. Green Bay and Lambeau Field is dangerous. Uh, the Rams are what they are. They're da- they, they can be very dangerous. Can they do it again? Can they do it again? I mean, they're 10-6 and six for a reason. They're not a 13-3 and three team like Green Bay. You know, there's a reason why Green Bay won three more games than the LA Rams. So, consistency. That's what it's really all about. Obviously, Green Bay got crushed by the Vikings, but it's a divisional game. You know, Miami used to beat the Patriots when Miami wasn't that good. You remember? And the Patriots were like 14-2. and two. Like one of those losses might have been to the Miami Dolphins. That's how that goes. Rodgers, gosh, it's like you don't even realize it. 48 touchdowns this year. 
Absolutely crazy. That's what they did. I swear, that was their secret plan. They wanted to light a fire under Aaron Rodgers. Like, hey, you know, he'd been he'd been struggling the last few years. He would, he was really struggling. And then all of a sudden, now that they got the rookie quarterback brought in, who's going to be the future, 48 touchdowns. I mean, he he's Patrick Mahomes right now. Could be an epic battle, Packers versus uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Could end up that direction. Very, 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 very possible. In fact, I think a lot of people would agree that's exactly going to be the Super Bowl. I do believe the Packers will beat the uh, L.A. Rams. A lower-scoring kind of game, but Rodgers will win out in the end. He'll be clutch. He'll be good. I'd love to see the L.A. Rams win the game for obvious reasons, but unfortunately, I don't think they will. I just don't. Uh, Aaron Rodgers will carry the Packers into the... uh, Aaron Rodgers will carry the Packers to the uh, NFC Championship game for the second straight season, where I think their chances of winning it are a little better than last year. Because they get to host it, and obviously they just—they're just better this year. Like Rodgers is a lot better than he was last year. He just is. Akers is a dangerous, dangerous running back at times, though not always. Aaron Jones is excellent. Devontae Adams is spectacular. All that Cooper Cup can be a mo- can be dangerous at times for the Rams. I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring because obviously Packers defense is very capable of being good too. But uh, that pass rush, and of course Jared Goff is still nurturing uh, nursing a sore thumb, which does not help a quarterback. Uh, Packers end up winning the game, something along the likes of, uh, you know, they're going to still score points, just not, you know, just not as many as, like, maybe against other teams. They're going to still wind up with, like, 31. It's going to be, like, 31 to 21, something like that, or maybe more like 27 to 17, but the Packers end up winning by, like, 10 points or something and return to the NFC Championship game, in my ever-so-humble opinion. You go back to Baltimore versus the Buffalo Bills. This is going to be a matchup of the ages, I think. It's going to be one of the great games out there. Spectacular offense by Buffalo with a very, very capable defense. Uh, Baltimore, obviously, Mr. Jackson, (laughs) Mr. Lamar Jackson can be absolutely great. If Buffalo can contain him, though, and force him into mistakes, and then they take care of business on the offense, Buffalo should be able to beat the Baltimore Ravens, and I'm going to stick with that. I think Buffalo Bills do advance to the AFC title game. Buffalo Bills end up winning the game. Something along the likes of, are they going to score a ton of points? Are they not going to score a ton of points? Probably not too many. No, they're not. Baltimore is going to be a low-scoring type of game, but Buffalo will get the job done. It depends on, again, if Baltimore can get to, which which defensive line can get to the quarterback more than the other. That type of thing. That's going to be, you know, can, can fluster the young quarterback into making mistakes. Is it Jake Allen going to make mistakes? Lamar Jackson going to make mistakes? Uh, I just called him. I just called him Jake Allen, Josh Allen. I got hockey on the mind now. Jake Allen, the St. Louis Blues. Josh Allen. Are they going to get him to? Are they going to go to him into mistakes? I like the way Josh Allen played against Indianapolis Colts, and that's more reason why I have faith in Buffalo. Uh, he has really stepped up this year. Lamar Jackson is more likely to make mistakes, but he's also super dangerous on the ground, just like Josh Allen. But Buffalo will win at the end of the day. Again, low scoring for the most part. Twenty four. 24 to 21. Buffalo Bills escape with a three point victory. Another three point win for the Buffalo Bills to continue to build character for that club. And they will go to their first AFC Championship game since 1993. And again, they will play a very tough opponent, most likely, one way or another. I mean, Cleveland would be pretty impressive if they somehow get past Kansas City. But they will play the Chiefs in the AFC title game in a fantastic matchup. Green Bay Packers will be waiting for somebody coming up. New Orleans Saints and Tampa Bay Schmucks. New Orleans Saints and Tampa Bay Schmucks. What's going to happen between those two? 
New Orleans offense is ever capable. Remember that awful, awful game not that long ago to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and New Orleans Saints where it was just an absolute embarrassment. There's no way Tom Brady is going to is going to have that happen. There's no way Tom Brady is going to see a repeat of that during the course of this game. Uh, I think the Bucs uh, show up to play at the very least. They're going to make it interesting at the very least. The Saints had only one more win than the Tampa Bay Bucs. I mean, the Bucs could have been... The, the Bucks could have been the number two state just as easily, if not for some horrible games against them this year. The Saints swept the Bucks this year. Again, uh, 34-23, pretty harsh op- uh, season opener for Tom Brady. And the Bucks, all people were like, what the hell? Uh, nice, impressive win for the Saints. Then he had 38-3. to Absolute butt-whooping on the 11th of November. It's been a while. It's been a while since that last game. And like they say, what happens? What happens with division teams when you play them? You know, you you beat the same team twice, and then you play them again in the postseason. What always happens? Almost always. I mean, the Vikings were victims of this in 1994 with the Chicago Bears. And you saw a guy named, what was his name? I, I It was Steve Walsh, wasn't it? Steve Walsh, the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Somebody nobody ever heard of like a year later. And they absolutely destroyed us. I do believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to beat New Orleans. I think the Bucs will beat the Saints. The Saints have dropped off a bit the past few weeks. And the Bucks have really been picking up the pace. I mean, there's something about Tom Brady in December. I mean, 5-0 and since they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs by only three. Them being the Rams and the Chiefs back-to-back weeks, which ultimately cost the Buccaneers a chance to have uh, not a first-round bye by the number two seed. Maybe they could have had a first-round bye. Maybe they could have been the number one seed. Yeah, when you lose those, it's those three games. I mean, think of how good the Bucks could have been. Crying shame. Um... Think of how good the Bucks could have been if not for that. Uh, those three games right there, the Bucks. Imagine if they won all of them; they'd be four, fourteen and two. Otherwise, you know, thirteen and three, and they'd be, you know, they'd be a tiebreaker with the uh, the Packers after that. But getting swept by the Saints kind of did them in because, of course, the uh, you know your your division record is going to mess that up. Uh, but losing to the Rams by only three, the Chiefs by only three, great games. But unfortunately, the Bucks came up short, and then after the bye week, they killed us. Well, not killed us, but they beat us. They beat Atlanta. Detroit, Atlanta again, and Washington in the postseason. I do believe <clears throat> that the Bucks will win the game, though. I think the Bucks are lathered up and ready to go to the NFC Championship game, and it will be, like I was initially trying to predict, the Battle of the Bays in the NFC Championship game. That's what I was trying to predict last week. But then you look at the matchups, it's like, oh, that can't happen unless somehow, some way, unless somebody surprises, somebody gets upset. If Seattle wins, it's going to be, it's going to be uh, Tampa versus the Bucks in the uh, versus the Packers in the second round. So you will get a Battle of the Bays, but it will be in the divisional round at the end of the day. Instead, though, it will be the Battle of the Bays in the NFC Championship game. I think the Saints season is over, and I think Drew Brees retires at the end of the game. I, that's my belief. I think this will be Brees' last game. Um, I do not think it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be Tom Brady's last game because he's going to win, and then he's going to go into Green Bay, and it'll be one of the greatest games. You know, It'll be one of the great NFC Championship games, I do believe. Tom Brady in Green Bay against the Packers is going to be really good stuff. Really good stuff. And, of course, with minimal fans in Lambeau Field. But, of course, that cold weather and the old man, this and that, with Tom Brady. But, of course, he had some great, great moments in New England. Though I do believe Green Bay, Wisconsin, is a lot colder than out there in the East Coast uh, this time of year. East Coast is East Coast can get cold. It can get nasty over there. But I just don't think that the... Uh, I don't think that the... Uh, that the uh, the Packers, or I don't think that uh, I don't think that, uh, that that'll be as easy for Tom Brady as it might have been in New England. This and that, 
extremely epic battle. We'll come back to that in a second. I'm going to stick with Buffalo beating Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. I don't have a score, but I do believe Buffalo will beat because let's let that come next week if if they you know if that is the matchup. We'll see what happens. I do believe Buffalo still goes to the Super Bowl, most likely against the Packers, and beat them. I still believe the, the Buffalo Bills. I'm sticking with my Buffalo Bills pick, even though Indianapolis might have made me doubt a little bit what the Bills can do, but uh, they still did a good job and got the job done at the end of the day. I believe that the... Uh, the Buffalo Bills still win the Super Bowl. With that said, we'll take a quick break and we'll look at fan interaction right after this. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three, fan interaction segment, most likely to be a lot shorter than most of the fan interaction segments during the regular season. Not a ton of news, but I guess there's a little conversation on Facebook. I don't think there's a whole lot on Twitter, but the Twitter account at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. I don't think I have anything from anyone on Twitter. We'll see. Uh, though I do have the retweets, though. Mad Martin, thank you so much. Out of Northern Scotland, Vince Germano out of Australia, Malcolm McSween out of California, and Tenny Brown out of New Zealand, all retweeting the most recent episode. 335, 7 and 9. So apparently, because I wasn't keeping track and I need to be better about this, especially for the next milestone, the 900th episode of my career, per, per se, with all the different podcasts I've been doing was probably like a month or two ago, November or October, something like that. So I missed that milestone, which is kind of go goofy and annoying. But so we obviously know what the next milestone is. 1,000. I better keep track of that one. I'm at, I believe this is the 917th episode of my career. With Purple Mafia, Timberwolves, Explosion, Brave the Wild, Freedom of Thought, Showtime, and T-Wolves. And, of course, Paladino Live back at the beginning. 22 episodes of that one before it split off into these three uh, different podcasts. Vikings, of course, was the earliest one. It was like, no more Vikings on Purple Mafia. <laughs> Black, Space, Black Space Gaming was saying Noonstar would be there. But, unfortunately, with my schedule, there's no way I could do that. So, my apologies there. Tommy Kramer with some interesting tweets back and forth. And Mad Martin, this is basically just a general tweet from him. Uh, uh, it wasn't to me, but I'll read it anyway because it's cool. He says, enjoying the first wild card game, hoping to see Diggs put up some big numbers in the second half. And, of course, the Leslie Frazier, <laughs> we Vikings all remember. Ben, but don't break. Nice distraction from everything going on this week. For sure. And a nice tweet there from Mad Martin, Dave Martin, Northern Scotland. And I don't think there's any other direct tweets, so that's okay. At Purple Mafia Show, Facebook's got a little bit more activity going on, partially because of the news and different conversations going on there. Mostly the Kubiak one. <clears throat> Most recent episode, no comments. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Then there was the, uh, yep, yeah, the schedule, which isn't actually scheduled yet, but the opponents coming up, shared from uh, Courtney Cronin, ESPN staff writer, of course, for the Vikings locally, but ESPN. Uh, no comments on that thread for some reason. Gary Kubiak plans to retire as Vikings offensive coordinator pro football talk. There were comments on this one. And there's a Malcolm uh, comment as well. We'll get to that. We'll wrap up the show with that one. Pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Okay, so Brett McCarthy... Says, need a young, aggressive play caller. Too much talent, offensive weapons sitting there. He was replied to from Mike Dale. He says, absolutely, so true. However, 
However, what I'm worried about is how much of it is Mike Zimmer stifling the constant carousel of offensive coordinator Shermer, DeFilippo, Stefanski, Kubiak, etc. by putting heavy reins on them and forcing them into handling the quarterback with kid gloves and forcing them to call running plays 60% of the time. Any perspective or prospective offensive coordinator would certainly or would seriously question taking the Vikings open position when seeing Zimmer's history of handling OCs and quarterbacks. There's almost no way to flourish as an OC in that environment, especially with the flawed, easily spooked quarterback like Cousins, where everyone except for Delvin, Madison, and Boone are stifled and alienated, a la Diggs, and possibly JJ in the future. On top of that, OC would probably take the majority of the blame on the surface if it all goes up in flames, even though they were never able to call the plays that they really wanted to call to begin with because he he had Zimmer constantly hanging over his shoulder and requiring him, a glorified single-minded defensive coordinator, to sign off on what plays offense should run. It's a no-win situation, it seems. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is what if, you know, what if Zimmer and Co. get blown out? That's the other thing. So that's where it could get very interesting. Good thoughts. Thank you so much. Mr. Mike Dale. Patrick Grant says if he's having issues again, might be for the best. Yep, that'd be him being uh, Gary Kubiak. Um, Mark Carlson, uh, Iowa, says the winds have changed. Gavin Pravasek says good. Gerald String says should have kept Stefanski and shipped out Zimmer. We always get rid of the wrong ones, i.e. Mike Tomlin, Brian Billick, Tony Dungy. And the replies, Kevin Pravasek says amen, brother. And I was saying yes, true. So frustrating. So there you go. There's the thread there. And that is all she wrote. There were no comments on the other conversations. Uh, Vikings nerds out of the week from Score North, Purple Daily. Kirk Cousins on play action in 2020, 122.3 quarterback rating, uh, fourth, 18 touchdowns, second, 9.6 yards per attempt, fourth. So very, very good numbers on play action for Kirk Cousins. And, of course, he's very good at play action, believe it or not. And, of course, again, less pressure on him because he's able to move around and such. And, of course, the distraction of the running back, this and that. And then Malcolm McSween <coughs> with the visitor post says, look what I found. Beautiful. Any Purple Mafia fans collect sports cards? I just got back into it, and I would like to as well. It's a Justin Jefferson rookie card. Rated rookie. Justin Jefferson, very cool. Wearing a... Yeah, there he is wearing that purple jersey in U.S. Bank Stadium after a play. Nice number 18 there. Justin Jefferson, nice card. Thank you very much for sharing that. Malcolm, keep, keep stuff like this coming. Always cool. Nice conversation. Always greatly appreciated. I guess I will pass out stars. I didn't think there would be enough comments and conversation. So star of the week, it's going to, gold star of the week is going to go to Mike Dale. Lots, lots to say there. Ah, that was cool. Uh, very, very good, good conversation there. Silver star is going to go to Malcolm for sharing that there. And the visitor post, obviously really appreciate that. Bronze star is going to go to Gerald String. Really strong take as well. Thank you guys so freaking much always for being a part of this show. Uh, Brett McCarthy should bring in a bronze star as well. He's helped carry the, uh, the the board throughout the course of the season. Always love what he does. Thank you again so much. Hope all is well for all of you. Go Buffalo. Go Cleveland. That would be cool. <laughs> go Rams. Yeah, it's going to be a fun week. Divisional round. With that said, I'm going to sign off. Talk to you next week where we will preview the conference championships and, of course, review the divisional round. Until then, well, final stuff, I should say. Contact details. That might be more... That might be a better thing to do. Would still love to hear from Mad Martin or or Tanay or anybody. Mark Carlson, Dave Hickey, Sebastian Barton, Brent Jacobson, 
anybody out there, maybe uh, Mike Dale, that'd be really cool to hear from you. All you got to do is open your smart device, open the free voice recording application that's on every smart device on the planet, open it, click record or press record, whatever. Talk, treat it like a phone call, like five minutes or so, something like that. If you go longer, who cares? It's okay. <laughs> Especially in this time of year, it's okay now, obviously. Um, save it and then email slash share it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description for copy and paste purposes or whatever else you want to do. Uh, it's always greatly appreciated. Please write a positive rating on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts if you could. Be greatly appreciated. Any of the other applications like Stitcher or such, if you could write a positive rating for Verbal Mafia on there, I'd greatly appreciate it. And thank you on air and guarantee you at least some type of a star. Bronze star at the bare minimum, but it's probably going to be silver and up if it's a nice complimentary uh, 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 review of this and that. Thank you again so much. If you could join the show and, of course, help it out that way. And tell a friend or two about the show as well. Share it to your friends like Mike, like Mark Carlson does so often. It's so appreciated. I mean, that is just the nicest thing in the world when you do that. It's, you know, it, it only helps and every little bit helps. And it's just, you know, it's worth its weight in gold. It's worth its weight in platinum. Thank you so much and God bless you always. With that said, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs> we'll see how things go. Hopefully... Hopefully there's no crazy upsets in a bad way. Maybe a fun one with Green Bay losing right away.